You are listening to episode 7 of the Sunday Shakeout featuring a deep dive into the world of running form. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. I am your host, Nicholas. This episode features an in-depth training talk on one of the most fundamental yet controversial running topics, your running form or technique. I'll be talking about why running form is important and some of the key ways that you as a runner can work on your form, whether you are a beginner or seasoned marathoner. The goal of this episode is to clear up any controversies regarding proper running form and to provide listeners with the precise information about how they can work on their form. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, this show features guest interviews, training and analysis and tips, gear reviews, and more. With tips for beginning, intermediate, and advanced runners alike, listeners will be provided with insightful information that will help them get faster, stay injury-free, and be happy. I want to take a time out here and uh, just say thank you to all my listeners because we have just hit 100 total plays. What a way to start off 2023. And personally, what I think makes this incredible is that this is the pod, the podcast's first episode only came out about five weeks ago. And so I'm overjoyed by the quick start of success, and it's all thanks to you guys, the listeners. You give me the motivation and drive to record and research about uh, quite complicated running topics every weekend. And a special thank you to my international listeners as well, including my German, Australian, Canadian, and Uruguayan listeners. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see what is ahead for this podcast. Back to the show. Running form and your stride is everything when it comes to running. However, I feel that many coaches and athletes care a little less than they should about form or they just don't have a good idea of what good running form looks like. However, with a good few changes to your form, you will see enormous benefits, including improvements in economy and power and reduction in injury risk. So without further ado, please enjoy my in-depth guide to running form. So, like I said earlier, when I said running form is everything, I really do mean it. I think that running form is essential and having good form is really going to take you places. I mean, when you think about a runner and you look at a runner, their form is kind of what defines them in your mind. So, and like I said, improving your form can have uh, tremendous benefits uh, as a runner, uh, including economy. So, like, you making the correct movements while running. Uh, and having the correct cues can save you lots of energy and reduce your uh, ground contact time, so how long your foot is on the ground. Which, if you're a seasoned marathoner, you will know that if you t- shave a, a few like nanoseconds off your ground contact time, and you save it just a little bit of energy every single step, that compounds over the entire race distance. And also, uh, improved economy also has to do with stride length, and improving your form also has to do with injury prevention, which is probably the number one thing injuries are the number one thing that plagues and stops runners from reaching their potential every year like every year you participate in a sport of running if you run like if you intentionally run uh four times a week or more you are likely to get injured i know that this year i've had like or this past year in 2022 i've had oh too many injuries to count but yeah and so having proper form ensures proper muscular engagement Uh, which will in turn keep you out there longer so for example you want to use the bigger muscles while you're running uh, which will keep you from using and wearing out the stabilizer muscles which when they get fatigued will often cause you to just like completely fall apart which is puts you at risk for injury 
and also in general just having good form just improve and improving it just makes you very satisfying to watch and it makes you like feel graceful and you have just just buttery smooth stride just just pure grace it's like something that i i don't have i don't think but like all the greats like yakub ingerbrickson and ellie K K choge if you've ever watched them race or train oh it's just so satisfying i could watch yakub run around a track all day but obviously i kind of fall in love with yakub ingerbrickson but yeah when it comes to running form there are three things that i think all runners should focus on and the first one that i think uh, is cadence so cadence is kind of just your step rate or how many steps you take in a minute and cadence is variable and it's a lot faster when you're running an all-out mile or like an 800 probably closer to like 190 or more than you're when you're just running an easy run uh cadence is also variable when it comes to if you're running on technical trails uh or you're running with a, some type of sh support shoe so you should really only care about cadence during your easy runs and if you did this during faster races where you cared about cadence you'd probably end up just slowing down and overstriding, which obviously we don't want uh and talking about like proper and ideal cadence uh the 180 steps per minute has been really popularized by uh jack daniels within the last i'd say probably 20 years or so and he popularized in this in his book daniel's running formula which i think is a great number meaning that if you were hitting 180 steps per minute i think that you are going places as a runner and you were doing things right most things right however i think that while he was working on this 180 steps per, per minute he was working a lot with elite runners and elite athletes when he made this metric so this makes it a little less relevant to the general public meaning i think some people might be able to benefit from this number while others are, aren't as fast and aren't as good as elite runners meaning their bodies are different so they might 180 steps per minute might not favor them but having uh runners who run faster than 10 minutes per mile i think could get pretty close to this 180 steps per minute i think if you run faster than 10 minutes per mile you could probably be in the range of 180 and uh sorry 170 and 180 steps per minute and i like having a range better than just like hitting 180 or 175 or something like that because it wears you out less psychologically and it's just feels better honestly just like when you're out running if you're not super just like technical and it's not as cognitively demanding but when you're running 170 and 180 steps per minute if you're a faster runner you were distributing the forces of running better and what i mean by this is when you're running you often take two and a half times or your body weight or more uh in, in every single step and when you're running faster it's often even higher uh and your stride length is often longer when you're running and if you took a lot more like short longer and just slower and like more uh, impactful steps and not in a good way not impactful as in like a good thing but like lots of impact then you're gonna get injured probably more often and so when you're hitting in this range you're gonna get injured a lot less and it's just better for you in general and i'd say runners low who have a easy run pace uh, i'd say slower than 10 minutes per mile i'd say it's okay to be in the 160s uh, because again uh, cadence is variable and it solely depends on speed uh, but in improving cadence is crucial to your performance as a runner and if you already have a good cadence then good for you But we'll talk about in more detail later how you can improve your cadence 
Uh, the second thing that I think runners should focus on when it comes to running form is your posture. And ideally, runners should keep an athletic and tall posture with a straight back, looking straight ahead with relaxed shoulders that are back and down. Uh, and this prevents a lot of slouching. And obviously having good posture in normal life carries over to running and vice versa. If you have good posture in running, it's gonna carry over to normal life. Meaning that, for example, if you're slouching while you're running, you might ha slouch in normal life as well, or you might have lower back pain in normal life. Uh, but a lot of, a big mistake that I see when it comes to posture for that runners make is that they focus on the forward lean a little too much. Most runners are told to have a forward lean while running. And yes, this is a fantastic, uh, good piece of advice because you're, advice because you're working with gravity and trying to get an assist from it. You're not working against gravity, you're working with it. Uh, but you're supposed to have a forward lean from the ankles, not the hips. And a lot of uh, runners think that, uh, or a lot of runners don't know this, and they simply try too hard and they forward lean from the hips. And obviously this has bad, this is bad news because you can get a lot of lower back pain and obviously it's just not as efficient or economical. And so therefore you shouldn't have to consciously try to have a forward lean while running. And instead you should focus on just, just work on your training in general because having a forward lean and running is often a reflection of your strength and your ability and your mobility and uh, all the good training that you put in. So if you just are consistent with your training, the forward lean might come later, but don't consciously try to work on it. There are a few drills that you can do, but I just kind of throw it out the window. If you just keep a straight, athletic, tall posture and you are consistent with your training, the forward lean will come later. And then the third thing that runners should focus on, I think, is foot strike. And I think often runners think about foot strike as like the midfoot or the forefoot strike, meaning, oh, if you have a heel strike, meaning you strike you strike the ground on, on your heel, that just your life is over. You're gonna get injured, never do it. And I think this is slightly misguided. I think that how your foot hits the ground is more important, uh, but it is dependent on your running speed. For example, when you're sprinting, you might have more of a forefoot or a midfoot strike. Uh, Whereas if you're easy paced running, you might have more of a heel strike, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, in an ideal world, everybody has a midfoot strike or a forefoot strike, but everybody, every runner is different. And so when we're talking about a bad heel strike, we're thinking of the overstriding type of heel strike, the heel smashing type of heel strike. That is a bad thing. But there's this other type of heel strike, and it's called the proprioceptive heel strike or the foot strike. And it's not a bad thing. In fact, Meb Kifleski, uh, who's an Olympian, uh, and I think he's like the uh, Olympic marathoner, uh, I think he's the silver, maybe bronze medals, he has a proprioceptive heel strike, meaning the heel, it kisses the ground. It lands underneath the body, and it doesn't land in front of the body center of mass, it lands right under the center of mass, and while the forefoot doesn't come down first, the heel just barely kisses the ground. So therefore, that being said, it matters more about where your foot lands in relation to your body, not how your foot lands. It's bad to extend your leg out in front of your center of your mass and land there. Instead, it's better to try to put your foot underneath your body or land your foot underneath your body, underneath your center of mass. This is gonna set you up for uh, less injury risk and set you up to be more economical in your stride. And so three ways I think that you can e easily improve your running form, maybe not easily, is uh, what number one is through training. 
uh, meaning you're consistent everything that you do, like on a week-to-week basis, including your long runs. And so, why do long runs improve your running form? Because you're regularly uh, running a long distance where when you run long, your slow twitch muscle fibers often get depleted and they get tired. And this causes the fast twitch muscle fibers to engage. And by being consistent with your long run, you get better at recruiting more of these muscle fibers, making you more efficient and economical. And then there's also mileage. And gradually building mileage can certainly aid in running form because like running long runs, when you're running on tired legs, you are forced to become more economical. And there's also this concept in running called frequency, meaning how many times you run per week. And when you're running more times per week, often because you're running more mileage, you're practicing the skill of running and running form. And like any skill, including running, practice is key and it's going to get you to where you want to go. And then there are strides and hard workouts. And this mainly improves your form because you're running under duress and you're forced to run with good form under high levels of fatigue. However, there is some benefit also to practicing good form while running with on fresh legs. This is called strides or hill sprints or hill strides, whatever you want to call them. But strides are often performed after an easy run or before a hard workout where your legs are fresh, they're ready to go. And this is important. So running on both fast on both fatigued legs and fresh legs is important. And then there's also weight training or strength training, which I heard this one quote once, it's called coordination training under resistance, which I like that a lot. Uh, it's an excellent way, weight training and strength training, of practicing good technique under resistance, uh, which similar to long runs, you can uh, recruit more muscle fibers in order to lift a certain weight or just your body weight. And like the quote says, it builds your coordination. Uh, but a big tip if you're gonna focus on training is to don't consciously try to improve your running form during your run, so like during your hard workouts or long runs, uh, because it's too cognitively demanding. If you notice you're slouching, use a few cues that we're gonna discuss in a little bit. But if you're like trying to be like, okay, my knees have to be 1.2 inches apart, then it's too cognitively demanding and you're gonna overthink things and things are probably gonna be worse than they were before. So just try to use some of these tips that we're using right now. Alright, the second thing that we can do to improve our running form is form drills, which is actually slightly similar to uh, just the training aspect, but I think it's overlooked by a lot of runners, so I, need to make, I needed to make a, a second point just to like put it out there and to emphasize it. And so form drills are also known as technique drills that you do be before a hard workout and sometimes even after an easy run. And these drills enforce good running technique and they're essentially just exaggerated running movements. And Performing them weekly will expose you to uh, your running stride in a more profound and pronounced way, and it will often uh, improve your mobility uh, and your form and sometimes even your power and your speed. And some of my favorite uh, form drills include high knees, butt kickers, A skips, B skips, uh, quick feet, grapevine, so those are some of my favorites. But you can obviously comment down below what are some of your favorite form drills. I think that... Uh, there are so many out there, and I think it's important to learn from each other when it comes to form drills. Alright, so we also f uh, form cues when it comes to uh, how to improve your running form, uh, which is a lot easier uh, than overthinking your running form. Form cues, they don't really tell you how to move, rather how to think about your form. So, uh, and a good point to make here before we get into this is that it's important to have a glute-centered form uh, more often here. 
So the glute is a, a larger muscle and you're gonna use more power using your glutes because uh, larger muscles are more economical when they're used and it's safer than using, like I said before, smaller and more stabilizing muscles. Um, but back to the show here, I guess. Uh, we have the first cue is, that I wanna make here. By the way, these three cues I'm about to give you right here relate to the three things that I think runners should always focus on when it comes to running form. So the first cue is uh, posture. It comes to posture, meaning you should be able to run tall or feel like you're kind of running like a, a skyscraper or like you're as straight as a skyscraper in a way. You want to, or you could also think of it as there's a string attached to the top of your head and you're being pulled, sort of like a puppeteer. And it keeps you to, teaches you to run tall and it, and it keeps you from, keeps you from slouching. Sorry, I can't say words. Uh, and this overall just makes you more athletic and powerful because uh, like I said, earlier when it comes to posture you want to kind of have an athletic and tall stance and then second thing is cadence like we were talking about earlier and i think the main thing we can focus on with cadence is having quick feet while you're running and when you have quicker feet uh you'll have like a quicker stride uh, more steps per minute which will prevent you from overstriding and bounding which i find will make make your legs feel like more awake and powerful uh and uh it'll help you hit your cadence goals better and a great way to uh, practice this is get on a treadmill anywhere and put the put the treadmill at your easy run pace. So maybe for somebody, I'm pulling this out of a hat, it's nine minutes per mile. And you can run at this pace and first start by running at your normal cadence. So just what feels natural. Uh, just what, or maybe not natural, but what you've been running all along. What you've been running like all along. And then you can try to maybe increase your cadence, but keep the speed the same and see how that feels. You'll have quicker feet. You'll probably be more economical. And if you were overstriding before, you probably will, uh, you'll probably feel better now. And then obviously there's a foot strike. And the main foot strike cue that I want to talk about is focusing on how to land your foot underneath your body. And I mean, it's kind of just a cue where you just do it. That's kind of the mantra that goes along with this. Just just do it. Just put your foot, uh, just land your foot underneath your body. This is going to land you underneath your center of mass. And it's going to reduce this type of heel smashing. If you're doing the heel strike, it's going to uh, prevent you from doing the smashing type of heel striking and the overstriding. And which in turn just reduces impact force. Now, uh, I want to talk about two problems that runners commonly have uh, when it comes to uh, their running form. And I think a lot of times runners have a lot of tight hips. Oh, and hip flexors and I have this included and I think a lot of the times uh, this kind of affects like our ability to go through our hips full range of motion when we're running and a lot of times this happens because we are sitting a lot uh, in the normal American life like we sit like a, probably around nine hours a day like I'm sitting right now doing this podcast and this causes us to tighten up our hips and if we stop sitting so much meaning maybe we got a standing desk or we got a, or, or we maybe just walked somewhere cool for lunch, we got on our feet more, it's gonna be a lot better for our overall health and it's gonna make our hips less tight. And so two other ways to do this besides, uh, in your training, besides just not sitting so much, is to practice strides or hill sprints, which essentially just makes you run fast and it's the most basic way to develop your speed. And so just do them two to three times a week after your easy runs, like Jason Fitzgerald says, or you could get a foam roller out and uh, preferably if you're gonna hit the try to loosen up the hips you want to be rolling out your quads and your hip flexors 
uh, which will loosen that area up and bring blood to that area because otherwise you can de develop stuff like hip flexor tendonitis which well we don't want that much and then also if you have a crossover gait like me uh, meaning that you're you're uh, you have like a narrow gait where your foot or your leg crosses over your midline and uh, a good cue to like help this is to imagine there's like a golf ball between your knees I think more a ping pong ball is too small and a baseball is too big so imagine there's just a golf ball between your knees this makes you a lot more economical it makes the injury risk a lot less because it's a conscious attempt to uh, uh, to run a slightly wider stance but it's not too complicated not being like Okay, between my knees, there needs to be about three inches of space. No, it's not like that. It's 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 not as complicated. Uh, it also helps your injury risk if you do this. Like if you're a guy who has uh, ITBS, it probably helps that. And so, just in conclusion, just running form is determined by training, mechanics, and physiology. And some of your form can and can't be changed, but you can make small changes though. Even though I'd say. Uh, only just a little bit, maybe not all of it, but I don't know. So only some of it can be changed. You can make small changes in order to improve your, uh, like decrease your likelihood of injury, make you more economical, and obviously just make you look cooler. But with form cues, consistent proper training and form drills, you will achieve this and even more. Thank you for listening to episode 7 of the Sunday Shakeout. Uh, I really liked making this episode. I think it's great to go back to the fundamentals. Uh, running form, it may have been more of a complicated episode. I just wanted to provide listeners with a good idea of running form. And some of the ways that you can change this uh, in a practical way in your, uh, in your daily training and uh, your daily life in general. Uh, again, I want to say thank you to all my listeners, because obviously we just hit a hundred total plays. This is incredible, and I, I never imagined we could ever hit such a thing like this quickly. I thought it would literally take till February until we could get to such a, a number, so that's great. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, please consider t following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Music or Apple or Spotify. Uh, I'd greatly appreciate a review in Apple Podcasts or Apple Music, uh, as I always like to hear you guys' feedback, as well as Spotify. I think there's a slot you can put on Spotify. But yeah, I just want to say Happy New Year to you all. Uh, here's to 2023. If you're going to make a New Year's resolution, just for running, you make sure to stick to it. If you're going to make a resolution, write it down on a piece of paper. Make a plan. And if you have any questions for maybe some good resolutions, or if you have a resolution and you want to carry it out, uh, make sure to contact me at thesundayshakeout at gmail.com. And yeah, so this is The Sunday Shakeout. Peace out, people. Happy New Year.